All right, what's going on? We are here at Circa Brewing, a 6,000-square-foot sleek functioning brewery and pizza restaurant, bringing together the best of both worlds under one roof right at 141 Lawrence Street in downtown Brooklyn, New York. I'm rolling with a certified BTBT goon. Perry, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Always always happy to be somewhere local for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you are. I had you out in Queens for quite a bit these last few episodes, but now we are here in Brooklyn. And uh, the, the layout and design here at Circa was inspired by Brooklyn's manufacturing spaces and draws from the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. Circa was fashioned using ground-faced concrete units, cast block, uh, cast glass block, rather, steel and rough sawn solid wood with industrial accents inspired by the late 80s Manchester nightclub, the Hacienda. The Hacienda was a bit of a wild place, as I understand it. It opened in 82, survived until 97. Uh, the club was mainly supported by record sales from the English rock band New Order. We are excited to get right into it, and we are joined by a very, very special guest today. Sir, please uh, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. I'm Drew. I'm one of the brewers here at Circa, and I'm happy to be here and happy to bring you guys back to Brooklyn. I'm uh, glad, Perry, glad to bring you home, brother. Always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you so much for hosting BTBT. So um, why don't we just uh, jump right in? I mean, how did you come to work for this fine establishment here at Circa? Oh, my gosh. Uh, how many bruises and how much mileage can I go through? But uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to hear the personal story, uh, it it goes back years and years, actually. Now, I've been a home brewer since I was 21 years old with an asterisk, like all of the home brewers. Uh, and I, I fell in love with beer it, during my time in Poland. I lived there for a year, uh, lived with two Belgians, named both named Bart. Yes, that's actually a true story. <laughs> Bart and Bart. Bart and Bart. Bart and Bart and Drew. Uh, and we, uh, I remember them coming back distinctly from the first trip back home to Belgium, coming back to Poland. They were all excited to pour a Belgian beer for an American. This is 2008. And uh, I swear to God, these guys started fighting in Flemish, not over <laughs> the proper beer to pour, not over, you know, what's going on, but over whether or not they were pouring the beer into the glass at the proper angle and whether or not I was getting the proper two finger head. And it was just, it was remarkable. I couldn't believe that there was such a culture around something that I had taken for granted through all of college. and had really, um, you know, just dabbled in homebrewing. And so I knew there was something to it. And I, like I say, that was the rabbit hole. That was the beginning of Alice's uh, trip to Wonderland. And after that, uh, it's been a long process. I have, I was an attorney for uh, many years and uh, realized that that was not the vocation for me, not the path I wanted to be on, wanted to pursue my passion. And so through a process of different jobs, uh, schooling at Auburn University's brewing program, interning at Strong Rope Brewery here in Brooklyn, representing again for you, Perry. Uh, and um, uh, and then on top of that, uh, doing actually a little bit of a documentary about my path and uh, some more finally got into Circa. These guys gave me the shot to uh, moonlight as a brewer for about three and a half months, working both jobs, killing myself, but never had a bigger smile on my face than before. And uh, just as of the past month or so, I've been here full time and it's a life dream. Wow. It well, really is. <laughs> che cheers to that, brother. Yeah, cheers. That's yeah, awesome. Made good. That, that, that's a good story. For my Polish references. <laughs> for all those folks out in Greenport. Oh, yeah, man. I, I spent a little time in Poland. Oh, did you? No way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was all, the, all the funny looks when you could barely pronounce any of the beer names. <laughs> but once I got Zhivitz down, I knew I was set. Yeah, then you're set. Un pivo, por Proche. Proche pivo. Proche pivo. That's all you got to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, how would you describe the, the philosophy here at Circa? The philosophy here 
in terms of our brewing style is um, first and foremost quality and cleanliness over everything else. We want good beer. We want not just good beer, we want the best beer that we can make in the circumstances we're making it. But we also want variety and we're, we're open to new experiences in the sense that we are willing to try anything that could be out there and could challenge us. But more importantly, we're also open there for all of the people and in downtown Brooklyn being such a diverse location, all of the people who may not be familiar with beer to come here and learn. Uh, Mark, this uh, is Meta and I, the head brewer and myself, we very much love just talking to the patrons here, talking to the locals, talking to the newbies, having everybody come in and just become part of it. I mean, it's, it, it's accented in our layout in the sense that our brew house is literally behind the bar. I'm possibly hitting bartenders as I'm mashing out every <laughs> single day. Uh, so we have, we have a little dance, a little ballet system going on, but uh, we just want to encourage people to want to learn more, want to experience new beer styles, and then also feel comfortable just coming here. I mean, it's a, it's a perfect space for both atmospheres, and so we love to balance them. I feel like brew pubs also give you that kind of uh, easing in sense. But you know, other, other chains like Rock Bottom and all that, you might be going just because you want to grab a bite, you know? Totally. Not even realizing, oh, wow, they make it here, and I can try something I've never heard of. Yeah, all, all of a sudden you're starting on the Pilsner, and then wh where'd that ginger wheat come from? <laughs> Why is it so dark? But yeah, it's, it, the more you learn, the more you can develop. And you don't have to run into it. You can stick with the Pilsner. In fact, Mark and I are probably most proud of our Pilsner because we think we put out a good, clean, quality flavor. But uh, we also want to encourage people to push their boundaries if they're interested. But all it is, it, you know, it's important that you have a third place where uh, people can go, can feel comfortable, but can then also experience the outside of that and, and explore new boundaries. Absolutely. Right on. And, and so uh, along those lines, I think you touched on it, but, but what, what really is the inspiration and the motivation behind the beers that you guys brew here? Uh, so the inspiration and motivation is, um, one, we're both very much on the same page. We like to finish a beer good and dry. Uh, we want a beer at the end of the day to taste like a beer. We're, we, we, I, and I'm not knocking anybody out there. I love the other brewers here in New York City and otherwise. We're not there to make a milkshake. We're there to make a beer. And we're very uh, in, interested in making sure our beers are well-rounded in that sense. Mm -hmm. And by well-rounded, I mean in the terms of Yes, you're getting flavors, you're getting sometimes fruit. You, the blood orange goes that you'll have blood orange. We put uh, zest and blood orange pulp into that, but it's restrained enough so that you know you're drinking it goes at the end of the day. And you're feeling through those flavors. They're not exactly hitting you over the head like Wally Coyote with the Roadrunner <laughs> or vice versa. But in reality, you're, you're, you're experiencing the beer in a mindful sense, and that's what we're going for. We are here to make beer but we're also here to make beer that is unique and, and most importantly, again, well-crafted. That's our, our driving mission. Okay. And, and currently, what's the uh, production volume? So we usually have, a, we're, we brew on a seven-barrel brew house, so usually each brew day we have seven barrels, so we're pushing out two to three brew days a week usually, maybe upping that a little bit more when we might get into some more production runs or helping out for events. So really, um, we're talking like 21 barrels uh, a week usually. And, and how many beers do you guys have on tap? Right now we have 12 beers on tap. And five of those beers stem straight from our bright tanks, which is something I'm personally really obsessed with or you know intrigued by because I love pointing out to the patrons who are here and saying, look, see those five tanks back there? Those are going straight to your tap lines. You're literally getting mm -hmm. the freshest beer possible. And anything else you drink, that's coming from right downstairs in the cellar. And um, I take that as a point of pride because 
as most craft beer uh, brewers know, fresh beer is usually the best control you have over it, but also usually the best tasting. I mean, if you're going to put it, split hairs, that's the, the hair to split, I'd oh, say. Yeah. Sure, sure. And now you did, you did mention like the, the location here. This is it's an interesting location. It's, it's a changing neighborhood. So what what's the vibe like here? Oh, it's fascinating. It changes day by day. Um, we'll have law, a law student party in here, and then a group of Yelpers, and then we'll have a bunch of locals. I am personally intrigued by it because this is. I mean, if if I found a neighborhood that really represents it, we've seen New York's melting pot right here in downtown Brooklyn. And I was a part of downtown Brooklyn back in 2011 during my first summer here back as a lawyer. And I saw what was going on. It was a totally different neighborhood. Yeah. And it's amazing to see how it's changed but also remained the same. And how so many new things are opening up with Alamo Draft House down the street, Decop Market right beneath it. Uh, and having this place here, we just get such a diversity of customer base that I'm constantly intrigued every time I talk to somebody new. Yeah, no, I, definitely. The, the na- this is definitely an ever-evolving neighborhood, and, and it, it typically we typically tend to notice that that a lot of the breweries or brew pubs tend to pop up in those kinds of neighborhoods. It kind of melds with with the changes, and it's got something for everyone. Absolutely, and I've I've actually read a study myself, if I may interject, sure. about how um, breweries are on the cutting edge of developing new neighborhoods, usually uh, rundown, industrialized neighborhoods that. Mm-hmm. No longer have it. You see it. Perfect example is other half. If you guys see what they did mm-hmm. to that area, I swear to God, that McDonald's across the street from them got a renovation because of them. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that's, that's so cool yeah. that that happens. And um, other half fry money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because good lord, after you're drinking those seven and a half to nine percent other half IPAs, you better yeah, eat yeah. some fries. You need it yeah. to get home across that probably river. Balances out the uh, all the bathroom use for, oh, for them. I so believe it. I believe it. <laughs> and so that's and so I. I just just bring that up because I think um, brewing is a very community focused aspect and I yeah. think that's something we take seriously here too. We want to integrate ourselves in our community and I say we not just as Circo, which is definitely true, but also we as the New York City brewing uh, scene and I'm just constantly impressed with the support and uh, just love for the city that you see out of all the breweries here. Yeah, I mean, New York's still in a way a fairly young scene yeah but obviously with the population and the money that's possible to be invested i mean it's growing up as fast as it can basically amen and i'll tell you like it's growing out too because we're not just going it's not cookie cutter breweries right you have other half of you up here totally different scenes yeah yeah kagan lantern where those guys are brewing in kind of a subterranean world and yeah you got the guys on Greenpoint, and then you have uh, a bronx way out there in, yeah. in the bronx with their giant brew house it's just so cool to see us grow and yet see everybody still keep to the same mission or their own missions but also the same mission of this is our community this is our city and we're proud of it yeah, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's growing all over New York, too. I mean, even, you know, you're talking about outside the boroughs, going way deep out there in Long Island. You got some good breweries oh out gosh, there as well, yeah. you know? The same oh with gosh. Jersey. Some of the, like, heavy hitters from Jersey are slowly making inroads yeah, to join Carton, everybody else. Grasshopper coming yeah. this way. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's so fun. This is such a fun time to be a part of this. So, you know, along those lines, I mean, what's your take uh, on the current state of, of craft beer here in New York, and what role do you see Circa playing in it? Well, I definitely uh, see Circa uh, pushing certain boundaries, and I think every brewery would like would like to say that. But we we're nimble enough to do that with a seven barrel brew house and and with our constant tap line switchovers and and whatnot. 
Um, but more importantly, too, I think Circa is also a great place, like I said, and, and you both said, with food being here, with this being a third place location, with the screens that pull down for football Sunday and such, mm-hmm. we're a place where you can come feel comfortable and learn about beer, too. And I believe me, you can't stop Mark and I from talking about beer. In fact, you guys will probably have to edit about an hour out of this podcast because I won't stop. I told you I'm a former litigator. We'd love to talk. And so I, we can't... We're happy to educate anybody who wants to learn, and we're con- constantly learning more ourselves because Lord knows, I mean, I'm, I'm still new to pro brewing. Mark has almost 30 years in the business, and I'm learning everything from him, and he even admits to be constantly learning. It is a rabbit's hole, as I said, and I'm just Alice digging my way through it. And so I think Circa's uh, purpose is dual-fold in that we're part of the entire New York City brew scene, which is pushing forward. And, and pushing against all the other different the Florida scene coming up with the Florida Vice and the California scene being well established and, and Oregon and Washington, all those places. We're creating our own vibe here because we're the melting pot. We are, we are a melting pot of all sorts. And so um, that as a New York City brewing scene, we're developing that, but also as Circa, we're pushing that boundary and as part of it and also trying to be, remain welcoming to everybody who wants to come in and have a pizza and learn a little bit about beer. Right, so I have to ask, what is currently your favorite pizza here? Oh my gosh, oh, there's so many. There's so many from. good ones. Yeah, I was looking through the menu. I was oh like, holy God. shit, this looks amazing. So I'll give you two go-tos because as a lawyer, I can't deal in absolutes. That's not possible. <laughs> uh, the salumi is my nighttime pizza. Although the Boys Got Heat has a good rivalry of it, I just love having a good salami, and the meats here are fantastic. And then. Um, but the Benedict pizza, I'm normally not a guy who will go for a tomato sauceless pizza. Mm-hmm. But this pizza has got um, ham and eggs in it and everything oh that you have. And hollandaise sauce instead of sauce. Oh, my God. I'm telling you on a Sunday. Fantastic. If you need to brew, if you need to hang out on the couch, whatever you need to do, that's the pizza you need to be eating for it. Wow. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. I'm like lost in a moment just imagining it. Yeah, no, I, I'll wipe the drool <laughs> off here. Like, it's okay. It's totally fine. Uh, and now you guys you guys also uh, make cocktails here too, right? Oh, yes, we do. And uh, we're very excited about the cocktail program. In fact, our menu even pairs whiskeys with uh, the different beers that we produce in a sense to kind of combine the two. And then also we're looking at hopefully furthering that into integrating our beer into cocktails and working through that. Well, model. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, so based on, on, you know, what we got going on the tap list now, what, what are, can you can give us a couple examples of, of some of the beers and which whiskeys you would uh, pair with them? Oh gosh. I mean, don't quote me on the whiskeys because we have somebody far smarter to be doing that for us. But like, uh, we've got the campfire. So this is this is a rye, not a whiskey. So give me an asterisk on that one. But the hibiscus saison with the campfire rye, it's a really great contrast. Our hibiscus saison is not your traditional hibiscus beer, which, I mean, excuse me to other hibiscus beer producers, mm-hmm. but sometimes it tastes like you're eating a flower. You're eating a hibiscus flower. <laughs> and that's not what we're doing here. We get a gorgeous pink color out of it, but like I said, we're restraint flavor. You want to feel that out. And so the, the balance of that saison coming in with the cloves, a little bit of floral aspects to it, uh, you know, the traditional uh, Belgian yeast character, and then you throw a campfire rye after that, and you totally switch the spectrum. You're literally swinging the pendulum to the opposite end of things. And that's something that um, I don't always do necessarily. Sometimes it's nice to combine or two things that are very similar, but sometimes it's nice to get that stark, stark contrast uh, and develop that. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm not a big, big kind of uh, whiskey or rye kind of guy, but just just the way you're describing it, it just makes it seem so enticing. It's like now I want to do that. I want to do the hibiscus yeah. design. I want to follow it up. And that's and with it's the all rye. part of the educational trail too, yeah. right? Like you're learning flavors through this combination and learning to build it. It's like it's like be, becoming a BJCP basically uh, yeah. a judge and learning how to. Uh, smell different things out of a beer and learn how to describe different flavors out of it. Here, it's it's a sensory panel and sometimes it's sensory overload. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like typical boilermakers, right? They're just with any macro beer. It's just oh, a nice yeah. pairing in general. But if you can add all these new flavors, add all these ways to either compare or contrast, you definitely have a lot more options. And that's and that's my personal pet project too. Is that uh, we're at a point where craft beer is in of itself a quality quality ingredient we're not pushing some macro domestic lager into say a, a michelada or something like that and so it should be treated as such and and as a cocktail ingredient it can be that way right. and now so you mentioned the, the pilsner obviously you guys are very proud of i, I mean obviously you're proud of all the beers you put out but are, are there is there another beer that you're exceptionally like wow you know i'm, I'm really impressed by what i did here uh, I so our rot our current rotator I really really like but I, you know we everybody has an IPA and I I like our IPA of course everybody likes their IPA one thing I would definitely uh, point out is our Oktoberfest which is currently Oktoberfest 2.0 our okay. first Oktoberfest was great we already sold out of it uh, we brewed a second one in preparation for that and we made it just a slightly bit hoppier. And at first I said to Mark, our, our head brewer, I was like, come on, this is a, the first one's so great. You can't improve on this. You can't improve. And he's like, no, no, it's too sweet in the back. It's too cloying. I don't like that. I don't want that maltiness. He added a, we added a little bit more hops. And I finally turned to him last week and I said, damn it, Mark, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Jesus. Why does your 25 years have to supersede anything that I've ever learned? But no, it's, and so if I got to put one out, especially for the season, it's that Oktoberfest. It's, it's not hoppy in terms of beer, uh, in terms of especially in an American palate. Right. But it's hoppy in terms of a Marzen style, and that's that's something I want to emphasize too. We're not producing an Oktoberfest also in terms of American style, but we really try, uh, aside from avoiding a decoction mash, we really try to push a true Oktoberfest style. So our our Oktoberfest is a little bit more orange, a little bit more amber based too. Uh, it does have some malt biscuity qualities to it but with that little extra hoppiness it finishes the dry way that we like to finish it yeah and, and what i really like about your 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 tap list is that it's pretty diverse you know you got you got a couple ipas on there uh which you know this day and age you, you, you need that necessity. it's a necessity. necessity but i mean you have a pretty diverse selection on there i mean you, I, you said you got the pilsner the oktoberfest you got a wit beer i mean you have a west coast red i mean it's it's there's something really for everyone, and you guys have ciders as well, right? Yes, ciders, oh. and we have uh, we have a couple of other sours coming from other breweries too, because our sour program is only just about to develop too. Um, and I mean, we're just getting weirder too as time goes on. We just brewed a Scotch ale. Uh, we have an oatmeal stout that we're going to put on nitro that has cocoa nibs in it too. Nice. So we're just we're constantly adding and evolving. Um, don't quote me on this because it hasn't happened yet. But I'm almost certain we're going to bro- brew a Goza tomorrow and then put uh, strawberry rhubarb into it. Oh, oh wow. So, yeah, I know. That that's good. exactly what my reaction was when we decided to do it. I was like, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we will. <laughs> so as far as how the the draft selection goes, do you kind of stick with having a few like specific beers you try to always keep on? Or do you just try to maintain like a variety of styles? Like, you know, or 
we've talked to a lot of beer bars, right? Where sure. they'll say they'll bring in different beers every couple of weeks, but they'll always have like number one's always a pilsner, number two's always a stout. Absolutely, so locals yeah. can walk in and they can be like, I want a number two, knowing it'll be something kind of what they're looking for. We we will definitely have that aspect. Of course, as we discussed already, an IPA is a standard. It's it's a, a, a necessity. Although I will say I have been to breweries that do do not agree with that, and I'm perfectly okay with it. But yeah. you know, again, as as part of an educational process, and as part of uh, you know, we're here to welcome in new people who might be here for the pizza. We want to have that IPA that makes them feel comfortable and maybe entices yeah. them to move on to something. And so we will have that. Again, we're we were are very proud of the Pilsner, and we want to continue to produce that, and um, hopefully continue to receive praise from Germany. We've had some Germans in here approve of it, and some um, uh, Czechs in here approve of it too, which has been kind it's of big. Like a big, nice, yeah, yeah. that's that big. Pretty excited, I won't lie. Um, and so we try to balance both spectrums, and I think that's again important in a diverse area like this because not everybody wants the same thing and then we'll go off and we'll make a ginger dark wheat and see what the heck happens with that and run with it and so we we get again that's the nimbleness of being at a small brew pub like this and, and one of the serious benefits to brewing here and and i think that's that's also part of uh, you touched on it i think that's the importance of having ipas i mean personally i, I do love ipas but i'm drinking one right just, now <laughs> yeah i mean just having those on like you said someone may not be so comfortable with other styles they'll come in they say oh ipa you know let me get that then you don't know after that they'll see they'll look at something else like okay that was good let me try something totally different and you know? hey let's be realistic i'm as much at fault of this as anybody and i wouldn't call, even call it a fault sometimes you just say hey i just want an ipa i'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm an american who grew up in the craft beer movement i just say, want an ipa today and that's totally cool and so we have that there we'd like to make sure that ipa is one of the best ones you have no all flavors has the appropriate uh, characteristics to it and then yeah maybe you might spin off of that but sometimes you might need to sit down to that first one have a nice six to seven percent ipa and then just start running off the tap list nice. yeah you know i'm i um i'm actually i'm excited about your pills i haven't had it and uh when i, I when i grew up I, it was kind of a weird kind of mix because because uh, I, I grew up on the one hand it was it was german pilsners and and belgian beers and then it was like you know, malt liquor like Oldie and oh, Saint yeah. Ides. So, so that was kind of like my my initial foray in, into the into the beer scene many many years ago. So, I, even though you know American beer, obviously, it's just you know to me, I think it, it's it's the, the best beer overall in the world just because of the different flavors and the experimentation. Perry, you talk about it a lot. You know, it's just bigger, better, bolder. It's just American. The bars you know? are going to kill you when I send them this podcast. <laughs> I just want you to know they're going to be so angry at you for saying that. Well, no, no, Belgians. I, I respect the, the Belgian <laughs> beer. I, I, I love the Belgian beer, but I mean, uh, American beer is just it, uh, it's just like american ingenuity is just bigger bolder right yeah, it's it's taking it and running with it exactly and we had to start somewhere and luckily they all gave us well they gave us the, uh, didn't they they ever? gave yeah. us the foundation they I gave know. us the foundation <laughs> but what i will say is though i i although i have had good american pilsners i have that's the only beer style that i'm like you know i still go back and i say you know the germans especially the germans and also the czechs i'm like they, they they still have the edge, so I I'm searching for that American based pilsner that's yeah. gonna just wow me, you know. And, and I hope to, that we have the one to do it. Um, and I won't I won't argue that we are necessarily held up to five six hundred years worth of brewing knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and like multiple you know, generations. Circa's been around for two years. Yeah, so you guys, we have you two know. years. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have our own Reinheitsgebot coming out in like you know a thousand <laughs> years. Basically. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, hey, uh, we. The Germans and the Czechs have been perfecting this for oh, yeah. centuries upon centuries. Centuries, yeah. I mean, it's uh, well, we amazing are proud stuff. Of, the 
reason we're so proud, I think, of our Pilsner is it's the beer you can't hide behind. And that's why it's probably usually the first beer that I get, aside from being the lightest on the spectrum to like have a, to allow your palate to really embrace it. Um, it's the first beer I'll usually get when I go to a brewery because it's, it really is your litmus test. Yeah. Can you brew a beer? And you could, we can brew IPAs and sometimes you can screw up IPAs. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But an IPA is far harder to screw up than a Pilsner. Right. And if you can brew that true lager clearly and it comes out great, then maybe you have something. And that's why it means so much to us that we're pr- that it's something that we can be proud of, that we can share with our European travelers that come in here and, um, and get positive feedback from it. There's, there's nothing that tickles your funny bone, your brewer bone more than that, you know, yeah, is, yeah. is being able to get a German to come in here and say, hey, we really like your Pilsner. We actually, we had a German in here just today and I was up on the brew deck and he was talking to Mark and I watched him point out the spider legs down the glass and saying how appropriate and how important that is. And I just got a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have to hear the words coming out of his mouth. I just knew that we did good. And that's all that matters in that respect. I, you want to brew something that makes your customers happy and makes you proud. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much you can hide in a Pilsner. I mean, it's it's got to be. Not at all. And yeah. our bartenders take such pride, too, in the heads they pour on the Pilsners. And I love watching it happen. They get those big old cloudy heads on the top of those guys. And that makes me know the beer's good, too, that, that we can produce that, that they'll stick. They've got that real sticking head to it. Yeah, I love it. Can't get enough of it. So now, so now, how did you initially get into craft beer? Well, I gotta say, the Barts were the ones who started it for right. me, and so when they, when I saw them fighting over that Duval and how to pour it appropriately, I knew something was up. And then living in Europe for a year, and then I came back for another half year. I lived in the Netherlands for a half year. I was embarrassed with riches. I just had all the best beers to drink, learn more, and. While I was learning to brew at the same time, I was learning about beer. And so it was just the perfect storm in the best possible way in that my brewing kept increasing. I I kept doing more and more when I wasn't living in Europe and running off. Uh, And then I got back to New York and really started honing in my brewing. And not uh, inconsequently, that happened about the same time that I was really unhappy as a lawyer and trying to find an outlet for who I was as a person, my creativity, my cleanliness and OCDness. I mean, let's be realistic. That's the biggest part about brewing is yeah. how much of a janitor do you like to do it be and how much water do you like to play in? Yeah. And so that was a factor in it too that was um, a big aspect of me getting into this and how it played into both the scientist and the quote-unquote artist. I use that term very, very loosely. Chef, artist, whatever, very loosely in terms of creating recipes. And it just, it, it went from there. I joined a homebrew club. Shout out to the Broodies out of um, uh, Gowanus, Brooklyn. Uh, they've been so great for teaching me more. And it's just, there's never a time to stop learning about beer. I mean, we don't really even know what the essential oils do in our IPAs. Can you guys believe that? Yeah. Like, we're literally, I, the current IPAs that we're drinking, New England IPAs specifically, we are fixated on compounds in the aroma aspect of it that we fully don't even know how they operate or how many of them there are. How mind-blowing is that? How cool is that that we're on the cutting edge of that aspect? Again, here's the nerd coming out. But that's uh, that was the benefit of, uh, I, as I said, I went to Auburn um, our Brewing Graduate Program, 
And that really ingratiated me in the science behind it, but also the business behind it. You had to write a business plan. So it's not just the brewing. It's not just the cleaning, although it's mostly the cleaning. And it's not just, <laughs> but it's not the industry or the craft beer nerddom. It's all of it. It's, yeah. it's the, the total package for me. You know, you find, you sometimes find that one thing that drives you to the all extent. And that's it. I did it. I found it. It only took me 32 years in one career already, but I did it. Hey, so look, some people, they go a whole lifetime, they don't find it. So, I yeah, mean, it, I, and I consider myself lucky. I say this is the youngest midlife crisis ever to happen, or it's my third of life crisis. And I've, I've worked my way through it. It wasn't easy necessarily at all aspects, but I couldn't be happier than I am speaking to you guys today. Yeah, man. Awesome. And we're, we're so, we're happy to have you on the show. And I think brewing is one of those few kind of uh, uh areas in life where it combines science and art you know oh, it's 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 such like a perfect marriage of the two you know and cleaning i'm just well, i gotta cleaning. throw that out there well yeah it's a lot because <laughs> it's a lot of cleaning say, yeah. we're glorified janitors we're yeast wranglers yeast i like that i like, I like yeast, yeast wranglers that's because, good and i tell on every tour i say listen we make wort we make sugar water yeast makes beer we're just there to make the yeast happy and as happy as they possibly can be and it's just, it's fascinating, too, to give up all of your work into the hands of uh, temperamental mind, yeast. Like, cell, yeah, a cellular <laughs> organism, you know? Like, yeah. it's incredible. That, but you do that. And it, heck, when we get our barrels program really going, we've got a barley wine that we aged in barrels for a year. And then we're going to oh, wow. up that barrel program, too. Yeah, that was our one year anniversary barrel that we just were working to hopefully put that into bottles. But uh, it, again, you're even, you're leaving more up to chance. And uh, that's where the art comes in. That's where the, the fun and nature and life comes in. And then, but you dilate the specifics as much scientifically as you can before that. And I just love the balance of both. You get to do everything. Yeah. Right. I think on. a brewer's great. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty great. <laughs> you guys want to come? You can come join. Yeah, it's totally cool. <laughs> and I would love to. I did a little BTBT uh, circa brew yeah, session. Yeah, no, see, I don't think we'll be able to fit that acronym on uh, any <laughs> website. But, you know. <laughs> so you just said you're looking to do some bottling. Do you have any other, uh, like, off premise packaging options? or? So canning is definitely something that we've been in the talks about trying to figure out. Again, seven barrel brew house. It's pretty a limited. small brew house. Limited so run, tough, yeah. tough run. But uh, it's in the talks. We've done it twice before. Uh, this is prior to my time here, but um, it's it's a definite real possibility, and we'd like to see it happen. Of course, growlers are nonstop coming out of here. Yeah. I myself bring home a growler at least once a week of something new that we put on. So it's it's definitely carryaway options, but we're just growing with it as as Mark and I get this schedule really set and start mm -hmm. running with it. And so now, so. With that said, do you guys have any any short term plans or uh, on, on the canning? You guys still kind of figuring that out and, and seeing how that's going to work out. I would say in the next couple months, and I say that with uh, uh, hesitancy, just because I'm I'm not the deciding factor on that. Mm -hmm. But um, that it's something that we've been talking about for months, and canning is something that you unfortunately have to talk about for months before yeah. it actually happens. You got to find the right person. Got to uh, got to find the right sleeves. Got to make sure that. You know, you can do the proper run at the proper time in your production schedule. It's a whole lot of factors that, as a home brewer, I didn't think about. And now, uh, now that I've quote unquote turned pro, I can actually factor into everything that I'm doing. Yeah, because you'd probably have to be to 
You'd probably have to go with the mobile canning route, right? Oh, absolutely. Just because you don't have the, the physical space to put in line in. The only other thing we could do is is go contract canning. And that's a possibility, too. I mean, that's not a bad thing, especially if we've dialed in the recipe on our own system. It's not exactly contract brewing. It's uh, it's literally just taking what we're doing and scaling up. Right. Right. Right, 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 right. Um, so now, do you guys... Um, so, actually... What I wanted to ask is, other than obviously, other than your beers, who who are some of the other guys locally that are really exciting you? Uh, you know, guys you really like to check for. So I I'm gonna put my shot out, and I will preface it with I interned there, so I fell in love with him as an intern. Strong Rope has just been so great uh, down yeah. here, out here in Brooklyn, in Guanas, Brooklyn. Uh, they are a New York farm brewery, and. They are to the point where, whereas most New York farm breweries, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe have to be using 60% New York State ingredients at this point. Strong Rope is to the point where they are 100% unless they tell you otherwise in every beer they do. Yeah. And I've watched that place grow up. I've seen Jason develop it into the monster it's, it's currently become and starting to get to. And I'm just so proud of it, uh, both during my intern days and as, as uh, a home part of the homebrew club, the Broodies meet there, and Jason grew out of our homebrew club. And so that's a place that I'm really, really proud of. Um, if I may shout out to two other friends, uh, uh, Jeff and Brett over at Keg and Lantern are, are killing it over there. And they're doing such a broad base of beers yeah. because they've got your t- your local Greenpoint community that are coming in there for the Hellas, the Pilsner, but they're also let me throw these uh, weird wild sours at you, and oh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's really cool. So I've been super excited about them. I love Gun Hill. God, I could just I could gush over everybody at this point. <laughs> I just really like what we're doing right now and how everybody's approaching it from a different aspect. Flagship out in Staten Island, mm-hmm. they're doing their own thing. Finback is doing their own thing. Yeah. Rockaway is doing their own thing. Big Alice started with not even brewing the same beer twice for what? Their first 150, 200 batches or something? Yeah. Something it's like just, that. There's so much creativity going on right now. It just excites the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to be uh, excited for, especially in your craft beer scene. Um, do, do you guys do uh, typically do any events here? Oh, yes. Tons of events. Um from anything from private parties to actually we was just discussing with a soon-to-be-married couple in December. We're going to brew them a wedding beer nice. and you know tailor it towards their interests, their specifications. Uh, but also, Football Sunday, come and we'll drop a giant screen in front of the brew house because that's one of the days we're off of brewing. And we have three big screens that can come down for movies, can come down for oh, wow. sports. We have TVs running everywhere. And the benefit of having a full bar and pizza and I, one of my all-time favorite burgers in the city, I'm not going to lie. I know that'll probably get some backlash, but, you know, <laughs> hopefully you guys will be feeding that. I, I don't know if they're going to find me on Instagram or something, for that, but one of my favorite burgers in the city. Uh, you can come in here for any assortment of reasons and stay for a second or third reason. That was completely unrelated to it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like we mentioned at the top of the show, I mean, the, the space here is tremendous. For oh, yeah. It's great space. Nice layout. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, you feel at home, but you also have space to go wherever you want. And you can squirrel away in a corner of the bar in the back bar here, or you can be front and center watching the brew happen or chatting with people, and, and that's the best part about it. You can find what you want. Yeah, yeah, man. So now, we, we, we've covered a lot of topics, but but is there something specifically that we haven't covered that the audience should know about what you guys are doing here? That people should know what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean... Um, Again, I'm going to re-stress something that 
has just been a very important aspect of me developing my professional career, what I've learned from Mark throughout his professional career, and that's quality. Quality. And you hear this throughout the entire industry. I'm, I'm sure I sound like a broken record, both of what I've said already over the course of the past 30 minutes, but also what you hear in the industry. But it it's, it's bears repeating in the sense that, especially with 600 or 6,000, almost 7,000 breweries across the country, just brewing beer is not your seat at the table anymore. You have to brew quality beer to get your seat at the table and then progress from that. Yep. And uh, learning to make sure that I am the best technical brewer that I can be, that my process is the best it can be, because I've also learned recipes can be written and figured out very easily. But the process is what's key on the actual brewing of the beer and learning how to brew with your system. We really, really care that every single beer we put out is going to be of the highest quality possible and is going to give you the flavor that we were seeking out of it when we wrote the recipe or started brewing that beer. Well said. Very well said. And so what's what can we expect on the horizon? I know we touched on a few things, but where do you see you know Circa down the line? What, what, what can we expect? I think Circa is only going to get a little bit more experimental while also remaining within its center of gravity. So if you think of Circa as, as the sun, well, that's, that is a, a broad overstatement. But uh, if you think of us as the center of the universe, yeah. <laughs> as you should, as everybody should. Now, uh, as you think of us as the center of uh, the sun, like we're only going to expand our horizons and our rotations out to Neptune. And shout out to Pluto, still Pluto planet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're going to only expand the type of things that we do, but we're also going to keep those concentric circles on the inside of the asteroid belt going too. I went to space camp twice, so I apologize for my space, <laughs> my space references, but that's all I got. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're going to continue to improve upon. I mean, uh, heck, uh, we're not a hundred percent perfect with our pilsner. We're like, and I say it's our most proud beer, but we're still tweaking that. We're still going to tweak that, but we're going to also continue coming at you with the ginger weeds, coming at you with our, our coconut oatmeal stout, uh, our rhubarb uh, uh, goza. That's, that's kind of what we want to do. We want to both expand our horizons, but also keep our, our core to the um, close and, and personal as well. Very, very cool. And now if people want to find out more about Circa, where can we go online? CircaBrewing.co, and that is not a mistake. It's C-O, we're Circa Brewing Company. So, yeah, don't don't worry about forgetting the M at the end. You don't even need it. One less keystroke, save yourself the carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, we'll go with CircaBrewing.co. Come check us out. Um, we're constantly posting on Instagram at Circa Brewing. I'm still posting a bunch of stuff at Instagram. If anybody, I don't know if anybody wants to see that, but they can see cute pictures of my dog, too, at Drooby Dooby Doo. Good luck trying to figure out how to spell that. You'll find me. <laughs> but, yeah, so keep on looking for us, and just come on down. Like, downtown Brooklyn, if you're a Manhattanite, I know the East River is scary. You don't have to ford it. This isn't the Oregon Trail. You can take the multiple trains to J Street Metro Tech, and we are just pop out right at half a block away from there. So come out of Manhattan, come out of Brooklyn. Heck, you can come on down from Queens. Yeah, the a, a, C, and F. So the F would be uh, would be my best way here. That that would be the easiest way down here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know you can even catch a G and make a quick transfer too. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. Um, Perry, any any parting comments, questions, any words you wanna you wanna share here? I'm just excited to check out some more of them. You know, I popped in here several months ago. Um, didn't get to do that much that night, but you know, had a taste. Like the vibe, and uh, it's nice to get back here and see see how it's grown. Awesome, thanks, man. And let's remedy that. Let's 
throw you all 12 taps right now. Yeah. <laughs> Play down the line right yeah. now, Perry. You're going to do it. Hit for the cycle. Hit for the cycle. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Circa Brewing, you got you guys are awesome. Had the the Belgian the strong ale. I really I did I like that. I enjoyed that it's very much. Beer. Dangerously good. It's it is dangerously good. 0.9% drink responsibly. Yeah, or excessively. <laughs> or excessively. Uh, or excessively. Yeah, or drink excessively responsibly. How's that? That's the beauty of the subway system. That's, That's the only beauty of the yeah. subway system. <laughs> which, which, by the way, this again, the subway system is only a block and a half away, so it's perfect. Yeah, very, very excited to try more of your beers and definitely, you know, some of the food. There's a really cool spot. Like we said, great space, great atmosphere. So come on down. If you haven't yet, check out Circa Brewing. It's well worth the trip. Again, man, thanks so much for hosting us. Thank and, you guys uh, for joining me. I had so much fun talking with you guys. Yeah, likewise. And, you know, as we always say, no matter where you are in the world, drink local, drink fresh, repeat. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. guys. <laughs>